Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Wednesday Wonders, science fiction and fantasy on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. The following is a presentation of Dream Realm Enterprises. Season's greetings to all of you listeners out there. This is Captain Punch McNuttage, and I've been asked to set up what you are about to hear. This is a very special treat for all of you out there celebrating SantaCon Day with us, as we now present Charles Dickens' classic story, A Christmas Carol, as performed by us bots here on the Titan One. So I now present to you, A SantaCon Carol, performed by the robots and the company players. Though it may not be quite as you remember it, <laughs> we hope you enjoy it all the same. Happy SantaCon Day! should want to hear this story again. Oh, really, I don't. You must have heard it a dozen times by now. Or a hundred, or perhaps even a thousand. But, oh, if you insist, Marley was dead to begin with. Yeah, we all know that, right? Oh, there was no doubt whatsoever about that. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. I don't mean to say I know what there is particularly dead about a doornail, but I suppose it must be repeated, Marley was as dead as one. A doornail, that is. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the story I am going to relate. Wonderful. <laughs> anyway, the register of his burial was signed by Ebenezer Scrooge, and Scrooge's name was good on the London Exchange for anything he chose to put his hand to. Though Scrooge was not a popular man in any circle, and you will soon understand why that was. That is, if you're really still interested at all. No, I'm not. Oh well, may as well get on with it. <sighs> I mean, I mean, Mr. Scrooge, there were two gentlemen here to see you. Well, don't waste my valuable time, Cratchit. Show them in. You betcha, boss dude. Right this way, gentlemen. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley has been dead these seven years. He died seven years ago this very night, as a matter of fact. 
Well then, we have no doubt that his generosity is well represented by his surviving partner. <laughs> you, you must be joking. <laughs> Hardly, sir. <clears throat> well, at this festive time of the year, it is customary to make some small provision for the poor and destitute. So many lost souls are in need of common necessities. And so many more are in want of seasonal comforts. Are there no prison barges? No waste disposal ships in need of cheap labor? Oh, there are. I wish I could say there were not. How much can we put you down for, Mr. Scrooge? Yes, your generosity is known far and wide. Then you have been misinformed, gentlemen. Nothing. Nothing? Oh, you wish to remain anonymous. I wish to be left alone. Sir? I don't make myself merry on Santicon Day, and I can't afford to make idle robots merry. I help to support the establishments I have mentioned. They cost enough. And those who are bad off must go there. But, sir, many can't go there. And many would rather be deactivated and junked. And let them be junked. Which is what you will be if you don't leave my place of business at once. But... But leave my shop at once, or I'll have the pair of you picked up by company security and tortured to death. I suggest we make a hasty retreat. Agreed. What nice guys. I'll thank you to get back to work, Mr. Cratchit. Zippity-doo, Mr. Scrooge. come as some surprise for you to learn that Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge was actually a family man. Oh, it's true. He had a nephew named Fred, and as it happened, young Fred always made an exception for his miserly uncle by being unnaturally kind to him. Nephew Fred is here to see you, Mr. Scrooge. Isn't that nice? Oh, my electronic gods. What does he want? Uh, only to wish you a happy Santicon day, Uncle. Oh, I don't believe it. Take your humbug elsewhere, nephew. Santicon day? A humbug, Uncle? Never. You just can't mean that, I'm sure. I do. Happy Santicon day indeed. What have you to be happy about, eh? You're as poor as a pauper. What good has Santacon Day done you, eh? Uh, I believe that it has done me good, and, and will do me good. And I say to you again, Uncle, happy Santacon Day. Oh, brother, well said, sir. Zippity-doo. Humbug. And let me hear one more sound out of you, Mr. Cratchit, and you'll lose your situation. I'm... I'm sorry, Mr. Scrooge. Oh, uh, Uncle Ebenezer. You're quite a powerful speaker, sir. I wonder you don't go into Parliament. Don't be angry, Uncle. Come, d d dine with us tomorrow. No, thank you, sir. But why not? I, I want nothing from you. I, I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Why did you get married? Huh? 
because I fell in love. You fell in love? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Come to dinner tomorrow and you can meet my lovely wife. You like her. Humbug, sir. Humbug on marriage, humbug on love, and humbug on your happy Santicon day, too. Good day to you, sir. I, I am sorry with, with all my heart to, to find you so resolute. We have never had any quarrel to, to which I have been a party, but I have made the trial and homage to Santicon Day, and, 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 and I'll keep my Santicon humour to the last. So, a happy Santicon Day to you, Uncle. Good afternoon, sir. And a happy New Year. Good afternoon. Happy Santicon Day, Mr. Cratchit. And a happy Santicon Day to you, sir. And you. Fifteen shillings a week, and a wife and family. Talking about a happy Santicon Day. I'll retire to Bedlam. Where's that, boss? Ah, you'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. If it's convenient, Mr. Scrooge. It is not convenient, nor is it fair. If I were to hold half a crown from your wages, you'd consider yourself ill-used, I'll be bound. And yet, you don't think me ill-used when I pay a full day's wages for no work. Yeah, I suppose you must have the whole day. It's only once a year, Mr. Scrooge. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December, if you ask me. Oh, very well, then. But just you make sure you're here all the earlier the next morning. Got it? Whatever you say, Mr. Scrooge. Zippity-doo! I should think so, too. Zippity-doo, indeed. Oh, I don't believe it. Humbug! It's all a humbug. Ebenezer Scrooge sat down to a lonely supper. It had been an odd trip home that frosty evening. Mr. Scrooge had felt very uneasy. At one point he was almost sure he'd seen the image of his old partner within the icy face of his own door knocker, but he'd passed it off as exhaustion. Or maybe it had been the two pints of old bitter he'd had at the pub. Either way, he retired to his lonely old dusty rooms to settle in for the night. But, just as he finished his usual portion of beef stew, strange things began to happen again. This is a humbug. I won't believe my ears. I refuse to give in to my own overactive imagination. Oh, Ebenezer Scrooge! Jacob Marley? It, it can't be. I, I don't believe it. I won't believe it. 
You always were as stubborn as an old mule. Why do you doubt your senses? Because little things can affect them. Much like disorder of the stomach. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. There's more of gravy than grave about you, whatever you are. Humbug, I say. Humbug. All right, all right. I believe you. What do you want of me, Jacob? Much, Ebenezer. My dear old friend, is there anything I can do for you? You you look a frightful mess. Oh, I'm sure. I suffer much, Ebenezer, and I suffer most at this time of year. And do you know why? Well, you've been dead these seven years, Jacob. That can't be good. Of course it's not good, you old fool. Jacob... You were always a good friend to me. Thank you. Oh, it's too late to suck up now, Ebenezer, believe me. Sorry. Listen to me, my old friend. You will be haunted by three spirits. You mean three more besides yourself? Well, it's just a matter of semantics, but I... But yeah, okay. Three others. I'd rather not. I'll pass if you don't mind. You have no choice, Ebenezer. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Whatever that means. Expect the first by the strike of twelve, the second at the coming of the first hour, and the last sometime around three a.m. Around? Well, the ghost of Senecon Pass comes in his own good time. I wouldn't argue with him about it. He's, he's rather bad-tempered. Right. Well... It's gone just past nine o'clock, Jacob. I'd best get some sleep if I'm to be woken so soon, eh? I hope you're taking this seriously, Ebenezer, old pal. Oh, of course I am. Don't you worry, mate. No, you go on now. I'll set my alarm for midnight, was it? Alarms don't matter, Ebenezer. The visitations will occur whether you want them or not. Just one question, old friend. Why am I to be visited? Well, I... I should think that that'd be pretty obvious. No, not really. Look, Scrooge, I can't give away the whole plot right from the beginning. You'll just have to wait to find out. Hey? All will be revealed. Now, I must go. But, but... Oh, I don't believe it. Oh, well. Best get to bed, then. Sooner I do, the sooner the first spirit will arrive. Wait a minute. What the bloody hell am I saying? This is just insane. Now, of course, the ghost of Jacob Marley had warned Scrooge that the first spirit would visit him at the stroke of twelve. So he resolved to lie awake until the hour was past. And considering that he could no more go to sleep than sprout wings and float off to the moon and back, this was perhaps the wisest decision he could make. At least in his own mind. Not that he really believed any of the odd occurrences this past evening. Still... Sleep did not come easy. 
But just as he started to drift off into a peaceful slumber, What's going on? It's cold in here. With that bright light, stop. Please, stop. I beg you. Oh. Oh. Yes. That's much better. I, I can see you now. Uh, are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Who or what are you? I am the ghost of Santacom Past. Long past? Your past. It, we're not in my room anymore. Where are we? It's awfully cold here. Look, it's the middle of the night. It's below freezing, and I'm only wearing slippers and a nightgown. May I at least put on a hat and scarf? Certainly. Consider it as so. <laughs> That's a wonderful power you have. The power to grant wishes. I'm not really that sort of ghost. Then what sort are you? The sort to know better than to answer such questions. Oh, don't believe it. Then perhaps I have already failed you. No, no, spirit, forgive me. I did not mean to insult you. Please, where have you taken me? What have you to show me? That's more like it. Look there, through the mist. Very well. I, I don't believe it. Your lip is trembling. And what is that upon your cheek? Oh, oh, that. It, it, it's a pimple. Nothing more. Do you remember this path? Remember it? <laughs> I could walk it blindfold. Strange that you forgot it for so many years. There's no need to be unkind, spirit. They walked along the road. Scrooge pointed out every gate post and tree. A little market town appeared in the distance with a bridge and a winding river. The ghost casually peered over Scrooge's shoulder, and when Scrooge turned around to follow her gaze, he was startled to see a busy thoroughfare of a city where shadowy pedestrians passed and carts and coaches battled for the way. The dressing of the shops showed that it was Santacon Day, but it was evening and the streets were lit up. Scrooge and the ghost stood near a warehouse door, to which the ghost pointed. Do you know this place? Know it? <laughs> I apprenticed here. Well then, after you. Why, it's old Fezziwig, bless him. It's Fezziwig alive again. Yo ho there, my boys! No more work tonight! It's SantaCon Eve! Put down your pens! Let's have the shutters up before you can say, Praise the company! Look at how young I look! <laughs> and there's Big Dick Wilkins! Oh, he was very much attached to me, was old Dick. We were great friends. So you had friends once upon a time, after all, eh? Of course I did. Mr. Fezziwig there was amongst them, he and his jolly wife. She was one hell of a woman, that Mrs. Fezziwig. <laughs> oh, yes? Just how close did you and old Mrs. Fezziwig get, then? 
Don't be absurd. Alright! No need to get agitated. I was only asking. Let's move this on a bit, shall we? And see the old crowd, huh? Later that same evening, a band came to play, and all Fezziwig's guests had all arrived for their annual SantaCon Eve party. There was food, and song, and dance, and much rejoicing. Throughout the evening's festivities, Scrooge and the ghost watched. Or rather, the ghost watched, and Scrooge lived and relived every moment. He pointed out the guests to the ghosts, and talked about them animatedly. Eventually, he ditched the ghost like a bad blind date, and followed his younger self around the room, listening in on conversations, and laughing along with various jokes. He was a rather pathetic young fool in those days. No, not much had changed over the years, huh? Soon Scrooge remembered the ghost, and became conscious that she was looking full upon him. What are you staring at? Only at you, watching these silly folks so full of spirit and cheerful, full of gratitude and goodwill. I wouldn't think this was your scene at all. And you don't know me very well. Mr. Fezziwick's parties were amongst the very best, especially at SantaCon time. And about time you remembered that, too. I could never forget. Uh-huh. Mr. Fizzywake sure is a sweet old man. The sweetest. Did you see him dancing with Mrs. Fezziwake? The look on his face. I sure did. He was so happy and he deserved to be. What are you that up to? <laughs> no good, I hope. <laughs> Mr. Fezziwig, I must say this year's party is finer than last. I, I should say so. The wine is forty proof. <laughs> Dick, I think Mr. Fezziwick has had a bit much to drink. You'd best help him back inside, eh? Will do. But what about you, chum? I just need a breath of fresh air, albeit cold air. Okay, come along, Mr. Fezziwig. Let's get you back inside to your missus. <sighs> you, you, you know, Dick, you look funny. You, you don't look like a man at all. More sort of a, in, in up and down, lifty thing. Oh, 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 maybe I, maybe I, maybe I'm just, just, just drunk. <laughs> Tell me, uh, why, why do they call you? Big Dick Wilkins, anyway. <laughs> um, I'll explain later. Oh, what fun this night has been. I have to thank you, Spirit. You've done me a real treat. I really... You've gone all dreary-eyed. Whatever is the matter? I simply don't believe my eyes. It's her. Her who? Belle. Hello, Ebenezer. Belle, I'm so happy you could come. I've been looking for you all night. What kept you? We must talk. I have something I need to tell you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Please, take me away from here, spirit. I beg you. But why? I should think you'd be happy to see your long-lost love. Oh, yes. But I have no desire to again hear what she is about to tell me. 
I'm sorry, Ebenezer, but I must break off our engagement. Oh, I see what you mean. Break off our engagement? But why? Bill, are we not in love? Well, perhaps you are, Ebenezer. But the truth is, I'm in lust with someone else. What? But, but, I don't believe this is happening. Nor do I. I'm sure this isn't right. Who is he? Who is the scoundrel? He is me, Ebenezer. Abraham Van Brunt? But, but where did you spring from? Your worst nightmare, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> Why, you toffee-nosed inbred toad. I'll have to teach you a lesson. On guard. Like that, is it? Very well. You're going to regret this, Van Brunt. Or should I say, Brombones? Come on, then, if you think you're hard enough. You can't win, Van Brunt. And why not? Are you going to make some great claim about becoming all-powerful if I strike you down? No, but you see, I'm the protagonist in this play, the central figure in this classic tale. It's only natural for me to win. Oh, yeah? Well, I'd like to see you try. Very well, then. Touché, Scrooge. You win this day. But as soon as I can find my horse, I'll ride into the night, through a covered bridge, with a jack-o'-lantern in my arms. What? Only for dramatic effect, my dear Belle. No need to get jealous or anything. It's all a matter of seeking my revenge on Ebenezer here. And that crane fellow. I'm sorry. Exactly how is that getting revenge? Well, um, I'm still working out the details, but you'll see. <laughs> oh, Abraham, what has he done to you? Not to worry, my dear. I've only lost my head over you. Oh, Abraham, how romantic. Oh, my electronic gods, I think I'm gonna be sick. You decapitated the man I love. I hate you, Ebenezer Scrooge, and I never want to see you again. Oh, I don't believe it. Now can we leave this place? Fair enough. Let's get you back to your bedchamber now. It'll soon be time for the next spirit. Next spirit? Haven't I been tortured enough for one night? Sorry, I'm only the first of three, you know. Oh, for goodness sake. I can tell by your expressions that you're not only confused, but rather displeased at this latest turn of events. I know, I know, the story isn't quite as you remember it, but that's what happens with creative license. Sometimes it 
turns out to be a license to kill. Anyway, Marley's ghost had warned Scrooge that a second spirit would haunt him at the stroke of one. I don't mind telling you that Scrooge was now prepared for a good broad field of strange appearances, and that nothing between a baby and a rhinoceros would have astonished him very much. By this time, he was ready for almost anything. And I bet you people are as well. Oh, I pity you. I really do. Just keep in mind, I didn't write this stuff. I'm just the narrator. So don't shoot the messenger. Mr. Scrooge, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge, come have a seat here next to me on stage. What the bloody hell is all this then? Now, now, Mr. Scrooge, what are you thinking? Just calm yourself down now and have a seat up here on stage. Yes, you just sit yourself down there, boy. I don't understand. You will, soon enough. Now, today, we're here to help Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge with the relationships in his life. You what? Look, who are you? What is this all about, eh? Don't you know me, man? I most certainly do not know you. Perhaps you know my brothers. I doubt it. Brothers? Have you many? Approximately 842. That is certainly a large family to provide for. Indeed it is. And yet, they are all provided for. By the company. Praise the company. And now, Mr. Scrooge, you've been brought here today to face the demons of your present life. Face my demons? I faced enough of that last visitation, I can tell you. A mere trifling, I can assure you, Mr. Scrooge. Because wait till you meet our guests today. Guests? Uh, I would think you and this assembly guests enough in my house. Now, now, now just remain calm, Mr. Scrooge, while I invite my first guest out here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming Ebenezer Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Welcome to the stage, Fred. 
It is a pleasure to be here. Present? Present? What sort of name is that? Look, what is this? Now, 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 Mr. Scrooge. You'll get your chance to speak. Don't you worry none. First, I want to ask Fred here a thing or two. Fred, tell us about your relationship with your uncle. Well, he's not really all that healthy. I, I, I try and I try to be nice to him, but, but he just refuses to be friendly. He hates Santa Conde and simply will not come over to have dinner with my lovely wife and I. Shocking. Now, now, Mr. Scrooge, what are you thinking? This boy here has applied himself and tried to reach out to you. Now, now, don't you think you owe him at least a little kindness? I don't owe him anything. Isn't he your late sister's only son? Well, that's true enough, but still. I mean, look at him. He's scrawny. He's unkempt. He's poor. But he has a good head on his shoulders. Did you know that this boy is actually a pretty good engineer? Engineer? He couldn't engineer his own funeral. <laughs> he, he's quite right. I am rubbish. Now, now, now that's no way to talk, Mr. Scrooge. Obviously, your behavior towards this lad has caused him to lose all his self-esteem. You should be ashamed of yourself. Look, I don't have to sit here and take this. <laughs> now, now, Mr. Scrooge, you do, you know. I, I mean, get real. <laughs> uh, because we have more guests to bring out. Oh, for goodness sake. Who now? The Prime Minister of Great Britain? What have I done to him? Hmm? Stunted his growth, perhaps? Shaved his ears in the night? You're a bit melodramatic, huh, Mr. Scrooge? Well, our next guests are three people who've been directly affected by your actions. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Mr. Scrooge's clerk, Bob Cratchit, along with his wife Caroline and their young son, Tiny Tim. Welcome to the show, Cratchits. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and your young son here. Son? I have a son? Of course we have a son, Bob, dear. Our tiny Tim. Tiny? He's as big as a house, Mrs. Cratchit. Oh, what a terrible thing to say. You really ought to be ashamed of yourself, Mr. Scrooge. Well, naturally, I mean a boy no harm. It's just, look at the size of him. What does he mean, Mommy? I thought you said I was normal. You are normal, dear. Don't listen to one word that comes out of his heathen mouth. See what I mean? The man has no consideration for anyone. That's simply not true. Look, spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the corner. You mean you foresee his death? Uh, oh, no, I, I, I mean I see a vacant seat. Tiny Tim has left. 
the stage. He's run off in disgrace. See what you've done, Mr. Scrooge. I didn't mean any harm, I swear it. Now, Caroline, we should be kinder to Mr. Scrooge. In fact, I'd like to propose a toast to the founder of our Santacon Day feast. The founder of a feast? My dear, think of the children. It's Santacon Day. It should be Santacon Day, I'm sure, on which one drinks to the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling f- as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do, poor fellow. My dear Caroline, have some charity. Fair chance. Scrooge never gave to charity. Why should I give him any? In fact, I ought to punch his lights out here and now. Let me out of here, spirit. Please. No. No. suddenly quite grey. Are ghosts' lives so short? My life is very brief. It ends tonight. Tonight? Tonight is the clock strikes three. Forgive me if I am not justified in what I ask, but I see something strange and not belonging to yourself, protruding from your robes. Is it a foot or a claw? It might well be a claw for all the flesh there on it. Look here. Scrooge was most shocked at what he then saw beneath the spirit's robes. A boy and a girl. Yellow, meager, ragged, scowling, wolfish, but prostrate, too, in their humility. Where graceful youth should have filled their features out and touched them with its freshest tints. A stale and shriveled hand like that of old age had pinched and twisted them and pulled them into shreds. Spirit, are they yours? They are maps, and they cling to me, appealing from their fathers. This boy is ignorance. This girl is what? Beware of them both. And all their degree. But most of all, beware this boy. For on his brow I see that which is doom. Unless the writing be erased. Deny it. Slander those who tell it to ye. Admit it for your factious purposes, and make it worse, and buy the end. I don't mean to be rude, but your accent has slipped, and this is all taking a turn toward the macabre. It is a dark night, Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes, yes, I see that. Well, be that as it may, these children... Have they no refuge or resource? Don't you need to say, are there no prison barges? Are there no waste disposal ships in need of cheap labor? 
Spirit, you use my words against me. I agree I have not been a good man. In fact, I've been a very bad man indeed. But I can change, surely. Let me help these children. I'll do all I can for them. It is far too late, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. Far, far too late. At least for me. It is time for the last of the spirits. Scrooge looked about him. A solemn phantom, draped and hooded, came like a mist along the ground towards him. The phantom slowly, gravely, silently approached. Scrooge bent down upon his knee, for in the very air through which this phantom moved, it seemed to scatter gloom and mystery. It was shrouded in a deep black garment which concealed its head, its face, its form, and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched pointed hand. But for this, it would be difficult to detach its figure from the night and separate it from the darkness by which it was surrounded. It was tall and stately, and its mysterious presence filled Scrooge with a solemn dread. The phantom neither spoke nor moved. Am I in the presence of the spirit of Santacon yet to come? Are you about to show me the shadows of things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us? Is that so, spirit? Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any spectre I have seen. And as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear you company and do it with a thankful heart. Is... is that okay? Will you not speak to me? <coughs> Sorry, I got a bit of a computer virus thingy when I was uh, downloading a recipe for French pastries the other night. It's playing havoc with my speed circuits. Oh, I see. Well then, lead on, spirit. I know the night is waning fast, and it is precious time to me, especially if you're going to redeem me before the dawn. Redeem you before dawn? Who said I was here to do that? You mean you're not going to help me to see the error of my ways by showing me something really awful, like my deathbed or my sad gravestone? <laughs> you're kidding me, right? Nerd! Who have you been talking to? Zim Trot or somebody? <laughs> but, but aren't you going to show me how much better life would be if I embraced Santiconde and did wonderful things like buying my clock a big fat turkey or giving him a pay rise so he can afford to save his massive young son Tiny Tim's life or... Even going to my young nephew Fred's house for Santacon dinner and meeting his lovely wife. You know, things like that. <laughs> oh, please, monsieur, please stop joking around before I fall apart from laughing so hard. <laughs> then 
I don't understand. If, if you're not here to do all that, well, what are you here to do? <laughs> well, I am simply here to tell you not to listen to all that kind of drivel. Just be yourself, huh? Live life to the fullest. Love lots of women and drink wine. Wine. French wine to your heart's content. You mean I can be as bad as I want to be? Selfish and miserly? Mean and grumpy and stingy and all those naughty sort of things? And I'll be all right in the end? Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Live it up, Ebenezer Scrooge. Live today like there is no tomorrow. Because you know, one of these days you will be right. Now, come on, my friend. Let's go get crazy, huh? I... I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm as light as a feather. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. <laughs> well, you will be once we've downed a bottle of ten of wine. <laughs> hey, do you know what my favorite song is, monsieur? No. What? Red, red wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Spirit, this can be the start of a beautiful friendship. Happy Santicon Day to everybody. Santicon Day? Bah, humbug. <laughs> That's my line. Bah, humbug. <laughs> well, it was always said of Mr. Scrooge that if anyone ever knew how to party after that night, it was him. Only that could be said of all the rest of us. Lucky bastard. The end. I'm going back to bed now. I'll bug on you all. special re- wow, I don't even sound like myself anymore. It's been so long since I've done this. Anyway, it's a special re-release of Robots of the Company's most famous holiday special, A SantaCon Carol, which starred, in order of parents, Steve Anderson as the narrator, or as you may know him, the Titan One computer, Jonathan Patrick Russell as Ebenezer Scrooge, or Old Squeak, Kyle Bors as Bob Cratchit, or Briscoe. Jim Barber as the first gentleman, or Ex-Positron 1. Ellie Hirschman as the second gentleman, or Ex-Positron 2. Shane Harris as Fred, or Boffin. Joe Thomas as Jacob Marley, or Putch. Danny Cutler as the ghost bot of SantaCon Past, or Kika. Jeff Niles as Mr. Fezziwig, or Zimtron. In that incarnation, Captain John Tatterzak as Big Dick Wilkins, or as Payload. Sally Wiggett as Belle, or as you may know her, Squeak. Shane Harris as Abraham... Abraham. Get it right, Mr. Creditor. Shane Harris as Abraham Van Brunt. Yes, we're not going to correct it. Never mind, just go with it. Yes, Shane Harris as Abraham Van Brunt. He didn't play anybody else, he just played that one. Anyway, Jeff Niles as the Ghostbot of Santagon President, or Dr. Philbot, and Kay Wu as Caroline Cratchit, or Shinwipe. Jonathan Patrick Russell as Tiny Tim, or Tiny Tom. I don't know what that means. And finally, but certainly not leastly, Jim Barber as the ghost bot of SantaCon yet to come, or future, or Sphinx. Huh. 
The holiday version of the title music was performed by Daryl Ernie. The incidental music was performed by Kevin McLeod, with additional material provided by Firstcom. The associate producer was Kay Wu. The sound designer, post-production editor, executive producer, writer, and director was none other than Jonathan Patrick Russell. Haven't said that in a long time. The series, Robots of the Company, is copyright 2010, Dream Realm Enterprises and was recorded way back in 2006, as you may recall. Anyway, all rights are reserved. Any rebroadcast or reproduction of this program without the express written permission of Dream Realm Enterprises is strictly prohibited. Don't do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We invite you to visit us on the web at, listen up now, dreamrealmsite.com. Yes, it's new. Listen to that again. Dreamrealmsite.com. For more information about this or any of our upcoming programs, please email us at darkbuilding1 at yahoo.com. They can add you onto the mailing list. You'll get a nice little e-newsletter. More about that later. The credits were brought to you in amazing lack o vision <laughs> No robots were haunted during the making of this audiogram. <laughs> Join us at some point in 2011 for more amazing misadventures as the robots of the company miraculously make a comeback. Yes, we're coming back, folks. <laughs> more, de de more details <laughs> coming soon. As always, this has been The Creditor. The cast and crew of Robots of the Company would like to wish you and yours the happiest of holidays. So, in the meantime, please stay tuned. Copyright 2010, Dream Realm Enterprises. All rights reserved. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural... Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com.